Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Now, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? Nobody. That might be a first. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. All right, welcome to another episode of the Circling the Wagons podcast, the only podcast that knew the Bills had a fighting chance against the Vikings this week. I'm your host, Nate, and this is our recap edition where we will discuss the Bills embarrassing the 17-point favorite Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, 27-6, this beautiful, spectacular day in September. I'd like to join my co-host for the podcast and my high school buddies, Mike and John. Fellas, how are you feeling today? Hey. Feel great. What a day. What a win. How's it feel? We know for sure now that we're definitely not going 0-16, guys. So that's a that's a load off our back. It was a great game. Um, we're going to talk. We have a lot of things to discuss today. Um, general thoughts on the game, some stats, some numbers, some plays that stood out to us, some wall of famers and wall of lamers, and uh, and obviously you know a lot of other things. It's just there's just a ton of stuff today. I think I think in general, I think the game was basically Josh Allen, the pass Russian defense. Josh Allen, turnovers, and then Josh Allen. I thought Josh Allen looked outstanding in the second start. I mean, sure, the the stats aren't absolutely amazing, you know, unless you count fantasy stats. Um, but he was he was very proficient. He made plays with his legs. The Vikings have a very good defense, and I think he kind of made them look foolish. He made them look as if they were actually thinking about next week's game against Los Angeles Rams as opposed to the game that they had this week as if they just figured that this game was going to be a win. What'd you guys think? I think at this level, like all the guys, the difference in talent is so tiny. And to say that the Vikings were not prepared, I think is mischaracterizing. I think the game Got away from them early, and a lot of breaks went Buffalo's way. Buffalo played great on all facets of the ball. I think coaching, I know, of course, Josh Allen, it's a new era. He's played out of his mind. It's outstanding. But this game particularly, I think, was coaching from beginning to end. They put him in positions to succeed. It was screen passes, shovel passes, and it did keep the Vikings defense on their heels all day long. But first and foremost, for me, it was the coaching. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. And the halftime adjustments that they made week two carried over into this game, and it was just outstanding on both sides of the ball. And that was one thing we touched on last week was was that the second half of last week was a completely it was it was a 180 from the first half. So if you were to just come in in the second half of the game in the Chargers game, you would have seen a completely different team. There was pass rush, the the defense was flying all over the field, the offense was actually protecting Josh Allen. So the question heading into this game was can we continue that? And uh, I think John actually that was part of our discussion was you know what are we what are we looking at in this game from last week what do what do we want to see in this game and you said that was let's see if they can carry over what they got from the second half when Sean McDermott started calling plays which he did again we found out this game he was the one calling plays in the defense and the defense looked amazing I mean up until um we'll get into that stats of the stats of the game but um it wasn't until later in the game with the actual Vikings actually made it into Bill's territory. So it was just an outstanding play calling by the defense. The offense is just the running game got going a little bit. And it was just, you know, minus a few drops. It was a really, really efficient game on offense. So um, it was, but it was, it was 17. Oh, not 10 minutes into the game. And you, you really think about how differently that game could have gone if the Bills didn't score the touchdown and what that roughing the passer penalty that kept kept the Bills, their drive alive in the first drive and kept the, the Minnesota defense on the field. Like, it, you just, that was such a turning point in the game. It's hard to say turn it. You, you hate to say turning point, but, but to me, that really set the tempo of the game and it got the, the fans dejected, you could see in Minnesota, and just from watching it at home, like you got so pumped, and you could see it on the sidelines. So you're talking about that third down play where essentially the Josh Allen was going to get sacked, and instead of you know just going down to the ground, one guy came in at the last minute and had a helmet to helmet hit, and instead of the Bills going fourth down and punting the ball in their very first possession. They get the 15-yard penalty. They string together a few plays, and it ends with a Josh Allen touchdown run where he stretches for the pylon, and a, an amazing run. It, w- it was great. Do you have this? Do you have a Superman theme song queued up? Because like he was parallel with the ground. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was an amazing dive. Plus, he had the awareness to know, right? Like to reach for the pylon. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That was a great play. That was not, that was a a, a very unrookie play for Josh Allen to be, to be able to do that, to know to do that. And, uh, and he, and he's tough. He did take that hit and he just, he was fine. He got back up, led them on a drive. I mean, this is a different leadership than we've seen in a different, I mean, he's pumping up the defense. He's pumping up the special teams. I mean, this guy's a leader. I mean, a leader doesn't make a franchise quarterback, but hell, you know, it's great to see it. I mean, don't you think that was the difference in the game, like setting the tempo in the first quarter? The Bills were one of three teams, right, to not have a lead ever in in the first two weeks. And, I mean, they've been scoreless in the first quarter this season. And then you look back, historically, that's that's been a problem, right? And to overcome that hurdle that early makes a huge difference. Yeah, I don't remember the Bills at all last season coming out quick. I think that that was one of the biggest knocks on them was to just fall behind early and then just kind of try to catch up 
as the time went on or just stay with it. And then also the other trend that, that didn't pop up la- the first two games was some turnovers. The Bills didn't get any turnovers the first couple of games, anything meaningful. And yeah, that that there was a first uh, Kirk Cousins scrambling, gets hit from behind by Trent Murphy, fumbles, and the Bills get it back, and then they score a touchdown. Or no, they didn't score a touchdown on that one. That was a field goal just because Calvin Benjamin dropped that easy pass for a first and goal. <laughs> Can we talk about Calvin, Calvin Benjamin is terrible. <laughs> he is garbage. <laughs> just awful. I try and be supportive of everybody on the team. I do not like Kelvin Benjamin's skill set as a football player. You are the most supportive of any Bills fan of all the Bills players out there. And he's just he's garbage. He's terrible. I... <laughs> And even the catches he does get, I mean, they're so lumbering and just like, uh, uh, fall down. It's just like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it reminds me of like middle school where like the biggest kid would catch the ball and you'd all just try to drag him down. He had no quickness whatsoever. And the only reason that he was still up is because he was way bigger than you. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, he kind of made up for it by catching a few more, but there were two easily catchable balls that he should have had. In the first quarter, it was just, it's like, what are we doing with this guy? And he said, he's supposedly supposed to be our, our number one wide receiver. But yeah, so um, Jerry Hughes and the defensive line brought a lot of pressure today. They were actually blitzing. Matt Milano got to the quarterback today. They were just, you know, it was one of those games where the, the Bills just had this fire. Like guys were catching, they were playing a soft zone at some points. Guys were catching the ball. Like Ramon Humber came out and he just like lit up Stefan Diggs on that catch towards the sidelines. And I'm just, and I don't, Ramon Humber is not that good of a player, but I mean, he was just playing with a different level of intensity that uh, just the Bills, Bills defense did not play with. I mean, this is, it, it felt like a different team. Now we talked about this, you know, before the season, how important coaching is. And you can see it today because their roster has not changed. The talent level on the team has not changed at all. And from getting completely blown out in the first two games, they were able to pretty much destroy a team that was in the NFC Championship last year and a team that, by all accounts, should probably contend for the Super Bowl. So it was, and the offensive line looked a little bit better. I mean, Josh Allen only took a couple of sacks in the game. So, all right, all right, let's go into, you know, the stats. And numbers of the game brought to you by our T Public store. If you still trust the process, like most of us do, like we do on this podcast, check out our trust the process head coach logo t shirt designs and uh, slash stores slash CTW pod. So the Vikings stat of the game, the huge stat of the game is that the Viking had zero plays. On the Bills' side of the field until 9:36 in the third quarter, so they literally and, then, and the only reason they did was because it was a punt, and then there was a penalty after the punt, so they just got the ball in the Bills' 42. So that's a huge deal. Um, another huge stat that John texted to us during the game was that Tim Graham from the Athletic mentioned that an NFL underdog of 16 points or more hasn't won outright since 1995. So uh, that's huge. It's huge. The Bills bucking the trend, a 23-year trend right there. Was it 23? I have no idea. But uh, but yeah, so um, other stats of the game, um, just to put some some Bill stats, uh, Josh Allen 
was 15 for 22, 196 yards and a touchdown, no picks. He actually had three fumbles, didn't lose any of them, luckily. Um, very lucky there. Um, Kirk Cousins on the other side of the ball was 40 for 55, 296 yards, one touchdown, one pick. And then he also had the two fumbles that he lost during the game from sacks. One from Trent Murphy, one from Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes, man, this is the kind of Jerry Hughes that we've been looking for the entire season, including last season where he only had four sacks all year. It's almost like he had four sacks today. Let me see. He had Jerry Hughes had one sack today. One sack, one tackle, one forced fumble. So, yeah. Um, other set, other stats of the game, Chris Ivory was the Bills' leading receiver. Three receptions for 70 yards. There was that one beautiful pass by Josh Allen to Chris Ivory as he was streaking across field. Chris Ivory had like 55 yards on that pass. I don't remember the last time the Bills like got a decent yards after catch. He did find... Um, um, Jason Kroom open for that touchdown early. He was wide open. Um, that was a really great play, just a play fake. I mean, how kind of, it's kind of cool to see the Bills offense actually have some creativity to have some play fakes, to have a lot of play action, um, just uh, some differences, you know? Um, what'd you guys think overall? I mean, I, I dished out some stats. Um, did I miss anything in that department? I think um, on top of everything else, they're, you know, their leading offensive weapon, which I'm didn't even play today. Yeah, and they still had an amazing game, uh, yep. all things considered. You know, that was brought up by Tony Romo and um, Jim Nance, is that, you know, they're like, well, you know, the Vikings are missing Everson Griffin and Dalvin Cook, their best running back. Like, the Bills are missing LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> like, that's a huge deal. He's basically their entire offense normally. Um, what do you guys think in general, like, with Josh Allen, do you think this is the kind of guy that, can actually win you a game as opposed to, you know, what we've seen from past quarterbacks and just like when they had the lead, just like not lose you the game. Do you think he has that kind of playmaking ability? Absolutely. I mean, he, he showed it. I mean, obviously they weren't coming from behind today, but he showed some grittiness on those runs and some guts. That hurdle was amazing. And he can really sling it downfield. He's not going to throw a four-yard pass on third and twelve. You know, he's going to try to get the first down. Let's talk about it. It's nice to see the Bills not afraid to play with a lead. Like, they kept their foot on the gas for the first time in a long time, it felt like. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like a, a Patriots, like a Belichick-led Patriots team that just keeps trying to, you know, score on you into the third and fourth quarter. You know, they're just, like, not letting off the gas, like you said, Mike. That was that was kind of nice to see. You know, Josh Allen was still passing late into the game when really they didn't need to at all. So a few of the plays of the game that stood out to me, Mike mentioned that 15-yard roughing penalty in the beginning of the first quarter that turned into a Bills touchdown. Um, there was that weird fumble. That wasn't pass. a fumble. That was a pass. <laughs> that was. That How is it that anytime they go to the head of the, like the retired head of officiating to explain it, it's always completely different. It's never it's in the call. They never agree with the call on the field. <laughs> it's like how how the announcers, oh, how sure are you, Bob? Oh, I'm hundred percent sure. And oh, let's go down to the field. Oh no. Like what? <laughs> it was really clearly like uh he had the ball in his hands. Josh Allen took the snap and he 
pushed it forward, which is all you need to do to have a forward pass, is just to have your arms going in a forward motion, which they were, and then he dropped it, and then it ended up, yeah. I mean, that, that wasn't a game-defining play, but it was just kind of like, I thought, unlike some of the other challenges McDermott has had this season, I thought that was a pretty good one. I wouldn't have challenged it. <laughs> Dude, you had to challenge it. It would have been, what, second and goal on the the two or something instead of second and goal on the 20 you had to challenge it just to see I don't think he would have got it and he didn't I mean technically yeah that, that looked like a forward pass but it was a running play he was trying to hand it off oh hindsight's not, 2020 John you could have you know, those were my thoughts before they they you know as they were challenging it there's certain challenges I feel like you should never challenge like um, spotting of the ball when there's just like a pile or something like that, like that never works, you know, like people, unless it's very clear, which it isn't, if it isn't clear to the referees when the play happens, they'll never overturn that one. But I thought that was, I I was okay with that. You're right. It could have been, it it probably wasn't going to go the bills way, but um, because, because some of it I, I feel was kind of subjective. When you guys start defending, like it was clearly, if you look at the rule, right? The quarterback had possession of the ball, moved his hand forward. That's a pass. John, are you even a Bills fan? Did you even see that play? Or are you just trying to no, be I, contrarian? I it's I not subjective. You. you look at the rule, you look at the play. That the call went the way that it did. John, are you even a Bills fan? We're questioning your Bills fandom. Yeah, no, Ah, <laughs> um, I thought that it was a good challenge. It was bullshit that it didn't actually go back the other way. Um, th- dude, so we, Mike touched on it earlier. I, I, I meant to talk about it more, but that Josh Allen hurdle of Anthony Barr for like a 15 yard gain was just unbelievable. It made like all the highlight reels. Um, it was just one of those things. I, it was funny. I tweeted out, um, from our Twitter account. If you're not following us, on Twitter at CTW Pod, you should be. It's a fun time where I basically tweeted, retweeted the video of Josh Allen just, just completely jumping over Anthony Barr. That said, um, you know, Bills fans last year said, said, uh, oh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, Tyrod's great because he can make those plays with his legs. And then Josh Allen just says, "Hold my beer," and he just comes out amazing, just, just making moves with his head with his legs. <laughs> So um, that was awesome. I I think I as 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 awesome as it was, I kind of wished he did a little bit less of that. I mean, luckily he's six foot five. He's a huge dude, <laughs> and you know, but that that I think that fires up the team. I think that gets them going. I think when they see that and they see their quarterback willing to do something like that, I think that gets them. I think that gets the defense fired up to see that. What do you think, John? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. You always like cringe a little bit when your your star player is, is running around like that, but it certainly fires up the team. Yeah, got me fired up. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah. So speaking of BS calls, there was also that stupid helmet to helmet call on Tredavious White when he hit. I forget who he hit. Was it Stephon Diggs or, or or Adam Thielen or whoever? And he hit him as soon as the ball got there with his shoulder. And I think he kind of tapped the helmet, maybe after the initial contact, but that was just garbage. I thought that was one of the stupidest calls of the day besides the incomplete slash fumble call. Um, I thought Tredavious White led with his shoulder and it just so happened that when the guy got hit, his helmet kind of 
tapped it. What did what did you guys think of that? Did you guys agree with me on that one? Agree. <laughs> Mike? Agree. All right. <laughs> so it was a great game all around. There was a lot of huge it, it was just it was it was good in general to see uh, a team like like this. This is the defense that we were kind of expecting the Bills to have in the offseason with you know the additions they made in Trent Murphy, Stark Talule, um the the guys that they drafted. Tremaine Edmonds had an amazing game. I thought he really stood out. He had some 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 plays that were just like, yes, there was a there was a play where I believe he tackled the running back, the, the Vikings running back like 10 yards deep into their backfield. And it was just like, yes, this is why we drafted this guy. This is the kind of playmaker that we think he can be. And he was today. He looked great. He had some pass breakups. The guy was flying all over the field. Matt Milano, again, a great. Oh, let's go into it. Let's let's go into Wall of Famers for the game. Guy, guys that we thought had a really great game. So I'll start, obviously, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, first win of his hopefully long and tenured MVP slash Hall of Fame career, Josh Allen. Um I, I, he didn't look like a rookie today. He didn't. He made some great plays, plays that you we haven't seen in a while. Now, it's just whether that's offensive play calling or just lack of talent that we've seen a quarterback. I mean, the guy, the guy, and, and you know what's funny is all, all all that he's done so far, he's not connected on a deep pass yet. Like he he really hasn't, and all the plays that he's made have just been heady, like small short to intermediate passes, and it'll it's just it, it'll be there eventually. And when that game comes, he'll be thrown for over three hundred yards. So Josh Allen is my wall of famer for the Bills game. Uh, John, who's your wall of famer? So many to pick from. Um, obviously, lots of great um, standouts on the defense today. Um, we already mentioned Milano and Hughes. Uh, Trey White had a good game. Uh, Edmonds. But I, I'm going to have to go with Josh Allen as well. He was just electrifying You know, the offense, getting out to that start. It was just great. Mike, do you agree? Is it all three of us, Josh Allen? It's got to be. Yeah, the first career start as a rookie to come out like that. I mean, we we touched on it briefly about the the, the point spread, but those are the big losers, right? The, the, the odds makers who said this was a historically bad team in Buffalo, and it, it was supposed to be incredibly lopsided the other direction. Like, we can't lose sight of that, right? And if NFC, the Vikings are supposed to be there in the cha- championship at the end of the year. And Buffalo, everybody thought they s- had seen enough with two games. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. It looked like a completely different team with Allen. Yeah, that can't be stated enough, Mike. I'm glad you brought that up about um, the national media, everyone talking about the Bills being like an 0-6. Everybody, basically everyone in the world besides Bills fans and besides this podcast Okay, was saying that the Bills were going to be 0-16 or that the Bills were were one of the teams that could easily be, be beaten by Alabama. Like, that was coming up. You know how that always comes up when, they're, you know, someone thinks that the worst team in the NFL is, you know, they, they figure they peg it. Um, but the Bills were one of those teams where they're like, oh, Alabama could easily beat the Bills. It always comes out. Someone's always like, you know, I wouldn't say a college team could ever beat an NFL team, but this season I think the Bills would actually lose to Alabama. Um, so, so that came at a great time to shut everyone up. I bet a lot of people lost their survivor leagues today based on the bills beating the Vikings and coming out on top after that, you know, huge point spread differential. Um, 
Can I? I want to give an honorable. I mean, you you just don't see those kind of point spreads, especially this early in the season, right? Is week three. Normally Vegas, right? They wait till the NFL teams can fig- figure it out. You know, until you get an idea of who they really are. It's not till week seven, eight, nine, ten, where you start to see point spreads in double digits. Even um, on average, the NFL sees a game with a fifteen point spread every five years or so this early in the season. And the difference between 15 and 17 is large. Like this was a historic upset. Yeah. Mike, you texted us before the game. It was like yesterday where you mentioned, you know, how come betting in New York isn't legal yet? Because I would have loved to put some money on this. I didn't think they were going to lose by 17. I thought that they still had a chance. I thought that they were just counted out. You know, everyone was just hating on them as just either just barstool sports i mean everyone was just like this team is the worst but if you listen to our podcast every week if you listen to our perspective we know that there were some positive signs if you watch the games if you're a bills fan it wasn't all completely negative i mean that first game was pretty awful let's be honest but but you know <laughs> i mean the story uh so so before we we talk some more narrative um john do you have a wall of lamer today. Who is on your wall of lame for the Bills game today? Could you find someone? Is there anyone that stood out? We already kind of mentioned it, but don't uh, take Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin. Benjamin. <laughs> 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 oh, he did. He did it. I heard it. John called Kelvin Benjamin. John, do you know Kelvin Benjamin's stats besides those two drops? He had three receptions for 29 yards. That's it. Yeah. That's it. He could have almost had a touchdown today. Ivory had more receiving yards. Yeah. Yeah. This number one wide receiver thing isn't working out too well for Calvin Benjamin. The receiving core in general. I mean, Foster dropped that 50-yard catch, right? Went right through his hands. Yep. Yeah, the Bills wide receiver core in general. Just imagine, like, not, not for nothing. Josh Allen had an amazing game. He's our wall of famer of the game. But imagine if you gave him, you know, the kind of weapons that Minnesota has. And Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. You know, uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, the the guy's just, he's he's got, Kirk Cousins has so much more to work with. Imagine if you give Josh Allen that week in and week out. So, uh, Mike, Mike, who's your, is your, is your wall of lamer right in line with uh, John's? It's got to be. I mean, the drops just keep adding up and it, it comes when it hurts. Like right in the first quarter, right? There was a, a big drop and then later in the same quarter, it was a touchdown dropped. And they're and they're catchable balls. It's not like some of these balls that like where the guy has to do a twisting, turning, catch off his back foot, diving in the air. Like these are they're hitting him. They're hitting him, either in the hands or whatever. Um, so I actually have a different wall of lamer because he Calvin Benjamin was at, was near the top of mind. Everyone had a really good game for the most part. But how about um Vontae Davis? Again, this guy leaves in the middle of that the last game and he looks stupid. He he basically embarrassed. So that was the narrative going into this week was the Vontae Davis retirement. And I wasn't going to really bring it up because it, it really it really pissed me off the more I thought about it and the more into the week we got because I'm looking at this team and I'm just like, you know, this team isn't that bad. But when you have a, a, a coach just like Marone did or a player like Vontae Davis or Anquan Bolden did a couple of years ago, just quit or leave or retire in the middle of something – it just looks bad, and I think it sends a message to other free agents. But when you have a team that looks this good, maybe they just—I—I I, I feel like they—they 
they rallied around it and they showed solidarity as if like they're not they weren't going to let that embarrass them. So Vontae Davis um, is is my wall of lamer, and this I'm not going to bring him up again for the rest of the season probably, but um, <laughs> but I just wanted to say that just because the Kelvin Benjamin one is is obviously the best. But uh, but real quick, oh yeah, so I I forgot to say wall wall of famer. Hey, can I give an honorable mention to Jerry Hughes? I mean, the guy played like the Jerry Hughes that we always hoped he'd be more than he was like last season. I know I mentioned it earlier. I know he only had a sack, but he was constantly pressuring the quarterback. I mean, this is the the guy that we always hoped he would be, and he was for at least one season or two seasons. And and I guess maybe that's the difference when he's got a, a, real, a real threat on the other side of him, and maybe Trent Murphy is that guy. I don't know. But um, honorable mention for Wall of Fame to uh, – Jerry Hughes for this game. So um, since this is a game that the Bills won, normally we go into the segment about the, our bright side segment where we always try to look on the bright side, but we um, we don't have to do that this week because the Bills won. They're one and two. Sure, they're last in the AFC East, and that's fine. Um, and it, the, technically the team they beat, even though they are a potential Super Bowl contender, the two games that they lost were against AFC opponents, but... Um, I don't know. Next week, they have another NFC opponent. They have uh, the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay for Week Four. Um, I I just have I I just have this feeling that this is a different team now. Now I don't think any of us expect them to just completely win like this every week. But if this is the kind of team that they come the the the, ty- the kind of team that they become with Josh Allen at the helm, and they're always in every game as opposed to the first couple of games, I mean, this this is going to be a great season, even if they don't even make the playoffs or, or or whatever. I think this is going to be fun. What do you guys think? Yeah, most definitely. I think they're going 14-2. and two. I think they're going to circle the wagons. And there you have it. I mean, the future looks bright, right? The first six quarters of the season, they were outscored 75-9. to nine, And over the last six quarters, they're up 41-9. to nine. So we're... If we're looking to the future, we're trending in the right direction, and you couldn't have asked for a better start with from a rookie quarterback on the road against a great NFC opponent. This, what the experts were saying, was literally at 17 points one of the most lopsided predictions, or how how this game was supposed to go was supposed to be one of the most lopsided in modern NFL history, and to come out decisively in the other way. I mean, it's very exciting time to. Uh, be a Bills fan. Yeah, man. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be definitely wearing my Buffalo Bills jacket tomorrow to work. I'm going to be rocking my Bills coffee mug. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a, a a week of pride as a Bills fan, and it's going to be, you know, it, it's nice. It's nice to do that. Um, you know, my my family was all decked out in their Bills gear. And, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, was, I don't know, it was it was a fun day. It was a fun day and it was a happy day and a great day to be a Bills fan. I think we covered a lot in this podcast. Um, if you guys aren't following us, we do a weekly podcast where we discuss, where we do a Bills recap um, of the game. We also, in the off season and sometimes in the season, we'll do interviews and some in-depth analysis into the team and, and, and different just different facets of the game. We like to discuss all things Bills. We're huge Bills fans. We've been lifelong Bills fans, so it's always a good time to discuss. And we'll go off the board as, as time permits. 
And uh, yeah, so if you if you just finding us for the first time because you just want to hear as much Bill stuff as you can after this huge Bills win, please find us uh, on any almost any podcast platform. Download, subscribe, give us a review, and uh, we also do some giveaways sometimes too. So uh, so yeah, so that'll be my last plug. Um, so for John, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Mike. Go Bills! And for me, Nate, go Bills, 14-2. and two. Let's go. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Y'all picked this to lose, so y'all come talk to the winners. Come on, come talk to them. Who want to talk? Y'all picked this to lose, we want to talk to the winners, right? Y'all want to talk to the winners, right? All right, come on, come on. We all around. We supposed to lose tonight, today. What we want is to come talk to the winners. Ah!